Hello. Good morning. Good night. Good afternoon. Hello. Welcome Hello. To, welcome to tomorrow, today, and yesterday. It is us, Andre, Lisa, and Ian. <laughs> what did you guys do this week? Did Did you do anything interesting? You were busy. Did, you were busy. Did I do anything interesting? Yeah, this past week was actually the first week that I had a full week of classes since the first week of January. Oh, since the weather and couch burning stuff's been going since on. Since the weather, the couch burning, being being sick, mm. it's been crazy. I feel like the semester just started for me. Um, But yeah, it's been crazy. Oh, wow. You had a busy week. I had a busy week. I had to work last week. A lot. And then the weekend. And then we're doing this podcast a day late because you got... I was working yesterday. That started late yesterday. Yeah. Supposed to be like a half day. It was like what? It was like a twelve hour day. Yeah. <laughs> Shit happens. Um, so we're here. We're you know, we're not slipping. If you didn't see the po- the podcast go up today, don't panic. It's fine. We didn't go anywhere. Um, I've been playing Sims. <laughs> <It's fun>. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> so who wants to start with their first thing first? You wanna go with your first thing first, Andre? What's your first thing? Uh yeah, my first thing is about Denai Guerrero finally leaving The Walking Dead. <gasps> <laughs> you and I, are, I think the three of us are celebrating Denai Guerrera leaving The Walking Dead. Are we not? <sighs> Thank Christ. Yeah. I don't watch the show, but yeah. We were saying this um, a while back. We probably yeah. even said it before we started doing the podcast with you, Andre. Maybe I just thought probably. I never said it. But I know I said it on a podcast with you. I was like, I would like for Denai to quit the show and go be the fabulous person that she is. Yes. Um. And she probably, and then Andy leaves, and she's like, "Well, if this bitch can leave, and I can come back and be in movies, so she's gonna not die too." Oh, is I that mean, the thing? She's just gonna go like, go wander off or something? Yeah, Andy Lincoln's character is not dead on The Walking Dead, so he can bust back in and do a movie. Funny how that worked. Uh, yeah, Lauren Cohen, her character just didn't come back. Just just went to walk the earth with the child, took the child and all of the sag shit you had to do with babies and just walked off the, the show. So she's she's not on it either? She's for all intents and purposes bounce. She's walking the earth. Good for wow. her. When did that happen? I mean, it happened in the middle of last season. And this is because of the... the I don't um, remember. The, uh, she, the, the, what is it? The, um, the rate? I don't she's know if she's half... been entirely clear, but it probably came down to money and her time. Yeah. And her wanting to like live her life and her being a young woman and also this show. Let's face it. I love Melissa McBride. I love Norman Reedus. So don't come for me. But, you know, Melissa lives in Atlanta. Norman, for intents and purposes, is splitting his time between uh, there and New York. He's got a new baby. He's got a restaurant. He's making more money than anybody on the show. It's probably, you know, hopefully it's Melissa and Norman at the same pay scale. Because come on, AMC. But then everybody else is like four and brand new, except for Tara and Eugene and uh, Rosita. But they're probably not making what those two other characters are making. Mm-mm. And then Deny. Deny hopefully is making the same as, you know, those other two. But you know the dude is probably making more money than the other one, even though I love me some Norman. Eugene and, and Rosita are from season one, right? They are. No, they're, they're, they're like season two. Really? Season no, two. they're like three or four. No, season one because they all didn't they didn't they meet up with them on the way to uh, the CDC? Mm-hmm. Or no? Mm-hmm. No, that oh. was after the, they met them on the road after the prison uh, prison blew up. 
Oh, yeah. really? Abraham Rosita and Eugene were on the on the road. They were going to take him to D.C., take the scientists oh. to yeah. D.C. Oh. That was like season two or three. Okay, so yeah. nobody is there since season one except Norman and... Uh, Melissa. Melissa. And Denai. Well, Denai was... Oh, she was season two. season three. Season three, season two. She I don't think the, that was actually at her at the end of season two because she did. Michonne did have like a cameo at the end of season two. Yeah, she showed up and they were with like, Andrea. Ooh. I don't know if it was actually Deny though. Oh, I don't know oh. if she was cast yet. Basically, oh. everyone else is gone. Yeah. I'll, all I'm saying is we don't we don't know what ex- why she she wants to leave. Presumably because she has so many. Um, you know, she's a playwright. She's got those projects. Mm-hmm. She has all the Marvel stuff coming up, probably yep. going to be in Endgame, Black Panther 2 and 3 and whatever else, you know. Um, I I hope that they realize what kind of position they're in after the whole Rick situation because if they kill Michonne and not Rick, it's not going to look good at all. Yep. So they have to be real careful with that. Also, that's the way they did Chandler. I'm not letting that go. Mm. That article I sent you yesterday. Yeah, we posted it up on the on the pod on the podcast's uh, Facebook page. Mm. That's some just mm, some shady was, shit, man. Oof. oof. They lied to his face. Wow. They told him That's... sign a three year contract or whatever, and then they turned around. This is Chandler's dad saying this. Mm-hmm. And he bought a house and he enrolled himself in Georgia Tech or wherever school there, university, prominent, you know university in georgia and so he could get his school on and then they turn around and brought his dad and his family in and said yeah like the fuck who made that executive decision i have no idea but i know they said it was gimple was the only one in the room shit yeah see it's hard for you to get people to keep liking your show it's one thing if you're making some boneheaded storyline decisions you know it's one thing if you're doing all this nonsense or doing with Negan, which I'm going to get to. Spoiler <laughs> alert coming up for the last episode of Walking Dead mid-season uh, premiere of season nine. If you don't want to hear anything about what is going on, turn off your podcast now. Uh, you, you can just bounce until you watch it and come back. We got some juicy stuff coming up, so you know I don't know what to tell you, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Because this is what I'm talking about. So it's one thing to do some of these boneheaded decisions. It's another thing to treat your people bad, man. Yeah. Yeah. It it also just shows a lack of preparation. I mean, they made uh, Chandler signed. It was like a two-year contract and a flexible one year after that. Right. So anything could have happened. But then months later, turn around and be like, hey, we're just going to you're not we're done like you're not coming back after the kid like already bought a house and like enrolled in the school like that's just crazy but but they're gonna they're still gonna pay him though right uh, i don't know but here's the thing don't hit me with we're a family i guess you're my kind of family i guess you come from my kind of family this is kind of family shit my family would do like i love you and then there's gunplay you know what i mean like hey come (laughs) to the house and then you know next thing you know you're being tied to a radiator i mean like i i get that kind of family love but y'all like they're always like oh we just love each other and i'm like oh oh really really yeah but i mean there's really no family in show business or sports business or any type of business I, i just i disagree yeah. I disagree. I mean, no. I've got I've got friends um, that I've known for a long time in the business, and they don't have to do. You don't have to do this. You don't have to act this way. It's yeah. like this whole turn of the tide is you don't have to rape people. 
<laughs> to to be in movies. You know, you don't have to um, cast a, just all white people. You don't have to cast you non queers, and you don't have to kill the queers if you put them on your show. That's just there's stuff you don't have to do. You don't have to treat people like a douchebag. You don't have to lie to them. Yeah. So. Well, I hope I hope at least he gets paid. And, yeah, it gets his and money. If, if they if they you know breach, and I'm sure if they if they breached any terms of those con- that contract, he's going to sue their ass, and he should. Yeah, I think Chandler's I, cool about it. I don't think his dad is. No, like when it first happened, his dad his dad posted something on Facebook yep. saying was that I never trusted AMC or Gimbal, and then AMC reached out and was like, "Hey, please take this down." But now he felt more comfortable in saying it. Uh, I'm just saying, after that happened, is when we started getting all the news about people wanting to leave the show. I don't know if those. I don't know if it's causation or causality. I, I don't think know if so. there's a connection. Yeah. I think. I don't so. know. Probably, I don't know yeah. if people wanted to bounce before it happened to them. I don't know. I don't know. Well, but. I think, you know, we know the, the Voldemort in this situation. Okay. Just, I'm guessing. And then you got the shady ass shit. And I do know that Andy Lincoln did not take it well. Like he so much as skated up to the doors of like saying what the actual fuck. And I mean, just leading up to that too, hasn't there been like a real big fan backlash even before the whole thing? Yeah. Fans that have been dropping have been like dro- flies. Yeah, hasn't fans, fans started dropping like flies Actually, even before Glenn's fake death, right? Yeah. So, and then they kill Glenn, and then they kill Abraham. Now, I don't know. I could almost hear people screaming (laughs) this morning when I was watching this mid-season premiere. Again, I'm about to talk about The Walking Dead and what happened in the latest mid-season premiere, episode nine of season nine, Walking Dead. Turn it off. I don't want to spoil your life. So, Negan escapes in the most boneheaded but typical of Walking Dead way he gets out of his cell in the middle of a fracas and then you know little judith we're supposed to take on this little precocious i actually like the little character i think it's cute but we're supposed to believe that now all the grimes family lives within the the little tiny body of what she's seven eight nine ten year old judith who catches him at the wall and says rules are rules I'm going to shoot you. And he's like, you're not going to shoot me, kid. She's like, I should shoot you. But she doesn't shoot him. <laughs> and then he gets away, and then he goes all the way back to the Savior compound and kind of mopes around and sees that it's just not fun without my slaves. It's not fun, you know, when I whistle and know what he calls. And there's no people are not afraid. And he's a changed man. He shaved off his hair. He, he reclaims a leather jacket in a sporting goods store. And he comes back with just a pipe now. He doesn't have Lucille. And Judas shoots him off his motorcycle, doesn't kill him. Magically, the bullet just whizzes past his head and spooks him. I don't know how bullets and motorcycles work, apparently. They think none of us do. And then it's like, she goes, what are you doing? He goes, I'm coming back. She's like, you're coming back, aren't you? He goes, yep. And she's like, well, what's going to happen? I don't know. Kid, you're in control of everything, apparently, it seems like. So he's going back to Alexandria and he's either going to go back into his cell or... So what they're essentially doing is they're taking Negan and they're making him into a good guy. Uh, is that what they're doing? Of course. <sighs> Remember the dream? The dream of old man yeah. Rick? He's an old man and it's in the future. and We're just going to go into the future. And then... Um, was Negan in that dream too? And he was like, yeah. Uncle Negan. He was Uncle Negan. If wow. I was in Alexandria mm-hmm. and someone told me that they were rehabilitating Negan, I would move out. 
Yeah. I or would you not just be staying. Like, you, you'd, you'd pop a cap in Negan when he's, you know, pulling some corn. Right. Just for rep- retribution. Yeah. <laughs> I like the like, image. You know? <laughs> the oops. I mean, the Savior's not only killed people of the, the, the main group, but, like, people from Alexandria as well. Is there any sort of, like, backlash from Alexandria when they learn about this? Do we not know yet? It hasn't happened yet because it's just the mid-season premiere. Because we're also reintroducing the Whispers. We have Lydia now in the cell. She's going to, like, get with Henry, who's also in the cell. They had to put two people in the cell at the same time. Um, it's like uh, we've all just learned how to write screenplays for the first time. Anyway, so they're <laughs> conveniently next to each other. So the Whisperer daughter, you know, Alpha's daughter is in there with him. And, you know, but Jesus is dead. And um, And I'm just sitting here going, okay. I have an idea for a show for uh, us guys, though. I watched The Walking, Walking Dead, and then I tell you guys what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was ta- I was just starting an entire podcast of, I watched The Walking Dead so you don't have to. <laughs> That's what it should be called. I walked The Walking Dead, watched The Walking Dead so you don't have to. Yeah, sponsored by EMC. Please yeah. sponsor <laughs> I think yeah, they're no, well past uh, sponsors. Yeah. They, they, if they ever listen to any one of our podcasts, they know how I feel. Uh, blows my mind. Yeah. I did see uh, at, at well, I was working yesterday. I was just cruising Twitter, and I I saw the um, just the picture of of the new what are they called the Whisperers? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool because I saw the I saw the makeup the, is cool. I saw the makeup and I saw them doing something that wasn't characteristic of a, a zombie, like signaling something. I was like, oh wow, oh that must be that. It's really cool. The makeup did look cool. Yeah, I mean the makeup. I mean, Greg, but the makeup always Greg looks Nicotero cool. Greg yeah. is a—he's a genius. Yeah. I don't think he's a good director. Yeah. It was great with no sound and just watching it. I think, and you know, as much <laughs> as everybody has been made a lot of Angela Kang, uh, you know, she seems like a nice lady. I love Denise Huth and everything, but uh, guys, what, yeah. what, what? Well, I'll just get all <laughs> my Walking Dead news from you. Yeah, I'll just—I'll start. I'm actually not going to stop the show because I don't really care about it. But I'll tell you guys like when I'm watching it this next. Several episodes, if you want to know. I'm saving you a lot of heartache and time. You don't have to hiss at the screen. Nope. Um, also, you know now, because Andre is deep into his Game of Thrones watch. Very watch, deep. You watch Game of Thrones, and then you watch Walking Dead, and then you get mad. You get really mad. You're like... Yeah, I can't. I can't see. See, that's what. See now. Now you know. Remember when we first started this podcast together, and you were like, "I was just like, I couldn't." I was just like, "No, I'm done. No, no." It's because we watch all that other shit, and it's like I can't. I can't do it. We watch really good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I cannot mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like going to see like an orchestra, and then like someone saying, "Hey, come watch my friend. He plays an entire symphony on trash can lids," and you're like. <laughs> Does he now? <laughs> wow, that's... Uh... Or it's like going to the Olympics and watching the Filipino divers. <laughs> oh, so mean. You know? Wow. But even they were that, basically even doing that belly was flops. more entertaining was because like... you're like... You're oh, like, God, you're, I remember. You're just like, oh, are they, are they... Oh, I feel so bad. Yeah. They don't have good coaches. But with The Walking Dead, it's like they are intentionally being jackasses. I feel like they are. I feel like there's just a there's a a, a, pr- a money printing machine in the basement of AMC. Well, what else do they have? But on what that I show, did on that network, I don't know. I don't watch it. 
Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. I watch with Better Call Saul's on there. That's what I watch yeah. on the network. That's the only thing. And they're lucky to have that show. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like they're just, I feel like the attitude for a long time has been, fuck you, you'll eat this. You know, who gives yeah. a shit? Fuck you. Yeah. You know? And again, Norman Reedus, I love Norman Reedus. Don't come after me. I love this dude. I'm so happy for him and his life. But how is he getting away saying five things in every episode and getting paid all that money? Huh? 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 Yeah. Well, I mean. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> so Deny is escaped. And I'm celebrating that. Run away from this mess. Yeah. Go do some Good really amazing shit. And that's what she's doing. She's probably like that. She's probably just like, I can't. Can't do this. I love this y'all. You're gonna anymore. be my friends for life. I holla at you and hug your neck. Oh. You know, she probably sees Sonequa across the room with like you know the globes and they're signaling each other like I got out the two bitch yeah yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, fuck. Um, Game of Thrones. Let's talk about where you are again. If you Lauren. haven't watched Game of Thrones, if you haven't watched Game of Thrones seasons uh, season four or any of Game of Thrones, this could also be a spoiler alert. Try to make them uh, spoiler yeah. free, but we're going to talk about some stuff, I'm sure. So if you haven't watched Game of Thrones yet, you're going to watch it, or you haven't, you don't remember season four. Game of Thrones chatter is just starting to pick up. Cause it even, is. Even on set yesterday, we were all talking about it's it. Nice. Like, it's nice. It's kind of went dormant. Yeah. It went dormant. Everybody was just like, okay. And now everybody's like, Ooh. it's all back. Yeah. It's glorious. Yeah. People are rewatching. Oh, going yes. back and just, you know, getting ready for that last, you know. <laughs> well, so I started mirroring where Andre was. You had just started season four. And I When I started texting you, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> big spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the show, just click away. Uh, maybe, like, skip ahead, like, a minute. Not even. Because we're about like to five. talk about the red wedding, everyone. The red wedding and the purple wedding. Oh, yes. So... <laughs> So, okay, so I'm watching the Red Wedding episode, season three, episode nine. Oh, did um, you record it? I wish you, I should have told you. I didn't know there was anything to record. I should have told yeah, you. Yeah, if you, if you told me, your... you should, yeah. Uh, um, no, it was, so let me paint the picture. 9 p.m., Tuesday night. <laughs> um, sitting on my couch, enjoying a nice bowl of pasta. Are right? you watching alone? No. <laughs> so I was in the living room and Lindsay was in there with me. She has like been absorbing the show through like osmosis. Like she comes in every once in a while and she knew like just sitting down for like five seconds, she, she like pointed at Joffrey. I was like, and she was like, who's this bitch? What is he doing? <laughs> um, so, okay. And then everything started happening and Lindsay was like, question marks all over her face. I'm like screaming. I'm, <laughs> oh I'm screaming screaming at the tv in a way that i never have it destroyed me because we had been like building up all of this stuff with rob and her and his fiance and maybe they can have a normal life after losing Ned stark no filch just went and killerized everyone yeah it's so funny when yeah. when we were doing our Game of Thrones pa- podcast, I just kept calling him Filch because I couldn't remember Walter Frey for some reason at the time, so I just called him Filch. But yeah, same. Okay, and then it it was it was crazy. And if my reaction at first 
was just super angry. My knee-jerk reaction was just being super angry at the show because in the moment, it felt... It elicited the reaction for me that it wanted, but, like, for what? And then the more I think about it and the more I, like, sort of, like, ruminated on it, like, this is the legacy of the Starks. Ian was right. Nothing good ever happens to them. And this is war. This stuff happens all the time. Yes. Without any warning. Yeah. And and it makes complete sense. That's what The Walking Dead doesn't understand and that they can never get right. Yeah. Um, great. Love that. Um, yes. And then we get to the purple wedding. Also did not see that coming. But it was like the the scenes between Joffrey and Tyrion, all of that stuff felt like three hours long like the silences were like yeah. not in a bad way not in a bad way but you're like waiting for like the shoe to drop yeah and i did not expect that to be joffrey being poisoned um i was cheering Lindsay came in watched a little bit she was like oh thank god i was i was loving it i was really confused on like who did it at first right um you kind of had to walk me through it because I was like, ooh, if Marjorie did it, I would stand, like, forever. Well, I kind of spoiled it for you a little bit. You kind of... You don't really figure it out almost immediately. And they yeah. actually don't... We were, I was rewatching the scene. You don't really see the jewel disappear. No, you don't. Mm-mm. But she does pull it off the necklace. The show just, just fakes you out really? and doesn't show really? it yeah. to you. Huh. Yeah. And there's more Could- than... there's. I mean, I don't know how far on you are but it's like it's still not as easy as just it's still real as far as so to be clear lady olena and and Littlefinger get together he wants sansa out of there for his own designs because mm-hmm. ultimately yeah. he wants her power right yes he's also like super creepy obsessed with her and then olena yes. But it's not, he would never just run on something like that. Like, he would just, like, hire a whore to look like Sansa if he was really that into her. Like, he needs her, like, actual power. And then Olena wants her her grandchild not to marry Psycho Freak. Yes. And she knows that there's sweet Tommen waiting in the wings. So um, Littlefinger orchestrates for, um, he commissions a necklace to be made of the Tears of Lise. Gives it to Dantos. Dantos goes to Sansa, says, thank you for saving my life. This was my mom's. I mm-hmm. can't take it. I'll wear it with pride. She, and then she's going to wear it, you know, because she's, she's a nice, sweet girl. And then Olena goes over and hollers at her and says, hey. And we don't see her pull it off of her. But then when the cup is placed in front of her, Joffrey's cup, she drops is the Tears of Lees in there. Yeah. And the potency of the Tears <clears throat> of Lees, just a little bit of it. If you're looking at, you know, the lore of the book, I mean, that'll still, like, knock you down. Yeah. This is kind of like the power of, like, six black mambo bites. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't actually see her drop it into no, the cup. No. No. We, yeah. We just see the, the cup in the general area, which is pretty, pretty smart for them, actually. Right. Um, and you'll see why later, because... We're not meant to fully understand or put it together at that point. Later on, when that bomb is dropped, there's consequences for that, too. So, yeah. 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 Um, but I would love to have seen your face. <laughs> Red wedding. <laughs> you should have told me, honestly. I didn't um, but no, I'm, about, oh, gosh, yeah. So I'm, I'm four seasons down. I'm going to start season five probably tonight. Okay. Um, what happens at the end I'm, of season four? What happens at the end of season four? Yeah. Uh, 
again still in spoiler territory yes. um Tyrion kills tywin on the sh- on oh, the shitter okay, okay yeah. so you're there got it with love that joffrey's crossbow got with it with joffrey's crossbow and, and kills okay. shay yeah okay which was pretty powerful yeah um yeah everyone knows about cersei and jamie now or at least tywin did i don't know if he went and told it everybody um but they're just like, yeah, we're doing this, I guess. I think Tywin already know, knew. I think he's always long suspected. Yeah, because, I mean, everyone's been saying, talking about it. Tyrion even said that. I, I, I think, don't you know you're, when your kids are screwing each other? Or not Tyrion. Uh, I, mean, I, I know he's like Cersei. a wealthy, he's a, he's a very distracted <coughs> man. But how distracted do you have to be to not knowing that your twins are like bumping uglies? Well, I, I'm of the opinion that he didn't know because Cersei said to him, like, you were so distracted by what you wanted the family line, how you wanted the family line to go on that you didn't see what was right in front of you. Is that true? Okay. No, she did. Say that's that. what she told him. Uh, and that's, that's I, so that's my impression then, is that and then he, maybe no one else would say anything because they didn't want you to know, get killed, to get killed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. You know. By Jamie um, when he had a good hand. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm starting. I mean, so like I did to brand, you know, brand found out and he got thrown out the window. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, what I, I've, I've said on the last couple episodes I, that I'm still trying to figure out the hook of this show, like what is drawing people so, um, closely to it. And the more I'm watching, the more I'm realizing is that I don't feel particularly strongly for any one character. I don't think it's the characters that I'm like sympathizing with or like, like I enjoy the characters. I think they're really well-written characters, I, but I, I don't feel, uh, connection to them like i do with other characters in the shows i think what's striking and what the hook of the show is is that it's the stakes i feel like the problems feel very real the conflicts feel real and the stakes feel real everything is organic and it's our sort of human nature to want to see that conflict resolved um and that that's that's what i've sort of come to and me only being technically halfway through through the series um oh, you're a little over half at this point yeah yeah, yeah. and I, again I, i'm reiterating not to say that I, that I don't feel anything for these characters i do but for me at least for me the draw is the world and the the conflicts yeah i kind of i kind of do both i think for me it's both i feel like these are really richly drawn characters they they have a lot of them um a root in real life uh, world 15th century European history. And sometimes like the red wedding was based on um, the black wedding. Uh, it was a Scottish Highlander guy got his, he had invited all of his enemies to his daughter's wedding, locked the door and killed everybody. Um, same thing. So he just pulled it from that. And then he, he made it the stakes thing for, um, for the Starks, but but nothing is, is as simple as you think it is. You know, Walder Frey yeah. didn't come up with that by himself, yeah. as you will find out. It's like, oh, oh, what? <laughs> like, there's always some plot. There's plotting and scheming. Like, you don't have any cable. You know, people die of the pox. If you live to be 30, you old. You know, people die in duels all the time. So you got times for plotting and thoughting. I mean, the entire time. So mm-hmm. this is like that's what that's what all these monarchs and all of these people did is they everybody and then the poor got caught in the middle and got starved out and then anybody who was you know then you had cell swords those were real things and then you had the kingsmen running amok in the villages taking what they wanted and you know then you get really complicated characters like the hound who 
definitely has a soft spot in his heart, but, you know, he murdered a farmer and his daughter because they're not going to last through the winter. So to him, that's a mercy killing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then so, you have all the stuff going on the other side of the sea. Yeah. You know, that directly affect or will affect what's going on in Westeros. That's right. And it's not just, you know, the Targaryen, uh, not just um, Khaleesi, but the Bank of Bravos and all oh, the this Iron other Bank? shit that is just You don't want to get on the wrong side of the Iron Bank. Looming. Yeah, the Iron Bank doesn't give a shit. They yeah. want your coin and they will, whomever's, whomever's ahead, they'll back. Right? I'm, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel the same way, but there there are certain characters that are, if something happens to them, I will be, you know, I'm kind of like, oh, man. Totally. You know. Totally. Yeah. And but, and but they don't do bullshit like, they used to say this in the early days of Game of Thrones, and I feel like because it got lumped in with what they used to say with Walking Dead, they used to say no one's safe on Game of Thrones. But there was a strategy behind when somebody got offed. They didn't just go, you know who yes. should die this week? Yeah. Jesus. Um, you know who should go this week? Oh, let's kill off Chandler Riggs' Who's character. the most famous? Who's the most popular character? Let's do that. They don't do that. They're yeah. like, yeah. there is a, they're following the through line of the books, although they have killed way more people on the show than they have in the books because the books are going to go on and on and on, hopefully. Yeah. Right? So, but they have a different strategy here. They they understand their format. They understand where they are. So, they do. I mean, like again, Arya. Anything happens to Arya, I'm gonna lose my mind. I'm yeah. gonna spin in a circle. Like, Arya is like my favorite. Arya. I'm yeah. gonna lose it. I'm gonna fucking lose it. And then Tyrion. If anything happens to Tyrion, I'm gonna fucking lose it. I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose it. I will not be okay. Do not text me or talk to me for 48 hours. Well, now I know those two survived through season seven, so yeah. thank you. <laughs> See, uh, <laughs> well, well, with the posters, I mean, it literally, it, it's, you know. So that kind of, that, I've, that should give you some comfort. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the other reason why why I accepted the whole Red Wedding thing uh-huh. is that where we were at, where I was at in, in the story, the characters and the conflicts was were still um, reacting in consequence to Ned Stark being killed in season one. Exactly. Right. So it it made sense to me that all of these, like, Callan Stark and Rob Stark dying is going to set off a whole nother chain of events, which it did, even in, even in season four. Um, not not the case with The Walking Dead. That's, that's it. There's no repercussions ever, or rarely, for a death on that Exactly. Yeah. So when you see Negan... You know, do, 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 do. I think I'll just go back to Alexandria because I can't cut it out here in the real world. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? You beat the heads in of two beloved characters on screen and now the showrunners. And again, I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I think he's a wonderful dude. I mm-hmm. love this motherfucker. I think he's great. Not to get no shit against the dude, but you just trying to get him a paycheck. You're just trying to get your friend a paycheck. Yeah. There was, there was, there was no consequence for... For, you he know, gets away with this yeah. completely. I mean, what are the repercussions of Rick leaving? Right, there are none. There Wait, are none. Even the sigh of relief. Um, I mean, things are pretty bad. They are looking to Tara to lead. So that's kind of <laughs> shady. And and you know, and then you got Michonne over here going, y'all hilltop people need to fuck with your own stuff. Alexandria fucks with its own stuff. This is the only time I've gone. Oh, I agree with this plot point. Deal with your own shit. We can like be friendly with each other, not be at war. But y'all handle your own business inside your kingdom. Meanwhile, I ain't seen Ezekiel. Ain't ain't seen him. Don't know where he is. So they don't even know how to like the the masterful thing about Game of Thrones. 
you go, you never go, well, I haven't heard from like that character for a long time. Like, yes, yes. Like, that That's you, all, that, that was in my notes. Yeah. The character balances. They're handling the their business. Balances. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they, it's just effortless. It's seamless. Like we're over here. Now we're over here. Right? I mean, like we're jumping worlds constantly between Marine, Khaleesi's a Marine, you know, that's, we're getting into that stuff. And then you got, um, Brienne's back on the road doing her business. And then you got like, you know, what Arya gets up to in season five. Oh, oh, oh. dang. Um, <laughs> but like in season four, did we get into, the, we, in season four, this is when she murders people. Like she straight up just like murders some people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so out of King's Landing, that's her first death. She, she kills the, the, the kid with needle getting up out of King's Landing before she even leaves, when, when she's leaving with Thorin. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you see, because I'm, I'm, I'm watching it with fresh eyes because it's been a minute since I've seen it. And I'm watching her just like slide that sword in. By the way, beautiful, beautifully kind of grossly done. Those things are so fucking sharp. But she runs that uh, sword into the dude at the end. Yeah. The first one. With mm-hmm. The broad sword, the great sword. And then she slides needle after she quotes like what you did. He did the Lamy. What the yeah. fuck's a Lamy? She runs it, you know, in, <laughs> does the same kind of words back to him before he murdered her friend. And I was like, then bitch rides off on her own pony, smiling. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's been she's been crunked up for a while. Yeah. yeah. Her arc is is one of the most fascinating on the show. Yep. And just wait. Yeah. I mean. I mean, it's really it's like it's her and it's Bran. Who have these just that is crazy art, crazy art. Listen, become I I never would have thought in a million. If you asked me at the end of season one, who would have one of the most interesting arcs? I would never have said Bran. Right, yeah. he was one of the least interesting for me. But now, now that he's like a warg and he's doing, and they're finding like those motion capture zombies that looks really good. Actually, oh yeah, the skeletons. The CGI in the show is hit or miss sometimes, especially with the dragons. But it doesn't bother me. They too get much. money. They get money. You'll notice good. it. Like it's funny. Like in the like, season, not to be that bitch. Something's but. coming up in season. Five. By the way, I have to. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to send you the episode. I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen, but I'm going to have you roll when you watch a certain episode in season five. Got it. This is a reaction video that. Okay, cool. Yeah. He needs to. You know the thing I'm talking about. Well, I, th- I was just about to say. I was just about to say. I mean, we got to we got to give him a list of things to uh, roll on. There's a list of stuff in season five. Yeah. But one in particular, I just want to see. Yeah, just give me the episode number yes. and the time code. We yeah. got it. And just, and just roll. Uh, but the show does this so well. So when you have that to compare, and people go, you can't compare shows. You kind of can, though. I mean, like you're asking us to invest in something long term, and yes. you're a- a- wanting us to support it and be a part of it and be a part of your numbers because you use those numbers for advertising dollars. And that's your payroll, and that's how you support your entire endeavor. So don't like then start fucking with me yeah. and making me mad and crossing this street. And I keep giving your thing a chance. And then today, and I was like, if I, I'm, oh, I'm so over what the walking dead does to me as a fan. I was just like, Oh, so y'all making Negan a good guy. All right. So you told us you were going to do that. And now you're doing it. And every got if the softer, the softer Negan, you're all going to be cool with, but no, there's going to be a lot of fake outrage. There's going to be storming and stomping. There's going to be a uh, Daryl, Threatening to kill him. And, and it may be that Norman ends up murdering him. They're going to give the death to anybody. They should probably give it to Daryl, Norman, and Jeffrey because they're homies. I mean, whatever. But 
I don't I know who these totally people are. I think you totally can compare these shows. I think you totally can. They yeah. both have a large cast. They both have storylines happening in different areas simultaneously. There's always a struggle for power. Who's going to sit on the Iron Throne? Who's going to rule over Alexandria? Always. And then mostly I have White totally Walkers on The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, legit. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's mostly White Walkers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was like, hey, same. Same show. So, and again, I, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, there's just, there is a reason that people do everything that they do on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Never once do I go, what happened to her? Why do we have her? They didn't just bring in a random character to do stuff. There's always, cause you'll, as you watch the show go on and on and on, you'll, I'm rewatching it going, oh, yeah. this meant for that yeah. to do that, to do that, to do this. And then that happened. And mm-hmm. then this, and I'm like, Wah. and they, and they, and they use like, sometimes these like very, you know, inconsequential characters to do something you know to to in a scene later on in the movie something major you know just like oh totally. this is just a well she was just a whore in molestown and now she's getting killed here yeah Roz. but it, it's yeah. like you know it it comes full circle Not Roz. Roz wasn't in molestown but um but uh, yeah that's what i meant or her like up. ollie ollie's a good example yeah of... like ollie exactly you've been to the ollie thing right no okay never mind um so they'll take like a little small <laughs> sorry oops oops i spoiled it for andre wait the baker boy the little boy? No. <laughs> okay, then I haven't gotten to it yet. They'll just they'll take a small character and you'll be like, oh, this is yeah. interesting. And then you'll be like, kind of like wanting to Oh, like... wait. No, 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 no. The little kid at, at Castle Black. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah. I have gotten to him. The one who killed... Still, <laughs> spoilers. The one who killed Egret. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So they take... Yeah. So he gets murdered by the, the, the Thens. Yeah, that was the thing. Like, they, they came over... I, I walked in the wall and then the, the Thens... And even Tormund was on that. They... they um. They attacked his his uh, his his village. They and murdered I was like, his entire family in like, front of oh, him. Oh shit! That'll He's do it there. for you. And yeah. then when he kills Egret, I totally forgot about that. Right. And again, this line: John Snow has been tasked with going beyond the wall to see what's up. He goes over there. He ends up like having great sympathy for these people. And then they he gets them to do something that no one has ever done in the history of all these people, except for maybe a, a way back in the day, maybe a Stark had united them. Um, uh, you know, one of the, one of the Starks, you know, John is Jon Snow, but uh, like one of the Starks had united people. And then the, the Thins, is it the Fins or the Thins? The Thins? Thins. The Thins are the cannibals and they're, you know, mm-hmm. that was probably a mistake and this diplomacy. And then Ollie's like all fired up. So yeah. Keep your eyes on Ollie. Uh, so... Yeah. Yeah, and it's just wonderful storytelling. And, and again, it's two guys who there's only really three people in the writer's room. I think they have some assistants, but it's Benahoff and Weiss. And they they call up uh, George Martin occasionally and they run things by him and they consult on like maybe a direction of the season. But if you have two dudes in the room doing the lion's share of this writing, don't put it down to pressure or deadlines. Mm-hmm. This is two dudes doing this. For the most part, and they keep it simple, and they keep it building, and they just the arc is a real arc. It's like a real character arc. There's not like then she moves to the city and has a baby. It's like shit just gets realer and realer and realer and realer and realer. And you're like, holy yeah. fuck! I would just love to to ask them what what the process is like. Did obviously they had to. I'm assuming they outline every single arc that's going on, and then they have to find ways to weave them in and out of the episode. I'm not sure. I, I know I knew this at one point, and I've forgotten it. 
Um, I would love to ask them. But there like, is. How do they go about just a regular season or even an episode? I'll find you some videos. There's actually talked about this. They do talk about their process. Oh, they're, cool. they're very forthcoming about the way they do it. Um, and then they just pick these amazing directors. They pick these guys yeah. who the last, the 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 last directors they use in the in these last few seasons. They they've dialed it in. They found their guys, and you know every single episode becomes uh, a film. It's a it's a masterpiece. And it's it, an it, epic. It's a masterpiece. Cinema ta- uh, cinematograph whatever. Yeah masterpiece it's just i have to say though there's only one i will complain later when we get to it there is one character that i'm just like i can't be asked with i like the actor just fine but there's one character you'll we'll get to it later i'm just like i don't care about you we'll talk about it later (laughs) it's like season seven stuff season six stuff anyway um okay so there's that Denies escaping. Game of Thrones is awesome. I'm going to keep watching with you and tracking with you because, I mean, it's such a, it's been such a long time that when you talk about stuff, sometimes I'm like, what season is that? So I'm, I'm going to keep watching. Cool. Um, I watched Russian Doll. I liked oh, it. It, I, I didn't, I, I just popped in and out of the room while you were watching it. Yeah. But it was, it was, it looked fascinating. It is so good. I love uh, Tosh in this. Natasha Leone is awesome. Is it a movie or a TV series? It's a Netflix series. Okay. Um, given around the premise, I'm not going to spoil this one. Uh, it's just it's a got a Groundhog Day kind of um, basis to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Natasha Leone is exec producer pr- producing this. Uh, it's very funny. It's very snarky. It's I loved it. I love the message of it. I like the execution of it. Um, they took, they updated kind of that principle or that idea with something kind of cool. I really, really enjoyed it. So I would recommend seeing Russian Doll. It, I get it. You have to take Natasha on board. I love her, but you know, you have to bring her on board and then you have to, that first episode, you're like, what the fuck? But then you get into a rhythm and you're like, oh, this is good. This is really good. Chugs along. I like her. I like watching her. Yeah, I just love her. I love her in anything. I've loved her since, uh. What are this? The slums, street, the slums, slums of Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah. That is a good one. If you want to like, and that one holds up. I had to see it. I want to see it again. That's Alan Arkin. Oh, really? Yeah. They're like moving around. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so another thing, I, I told you guys at the end of the last episode I was going to watch um, uh, Abducted in uh, Plain Sight. Mm-hmm. Y'all. Oh, yeah. Oh. Y'all. This shit was crazy. Yeah. And I know I'm going to upset one of my fans out there. But I just got to say two words about this. White people. (laughs) Only white people (laughs) would let this. What the fuck, man? Like like (sighs) ultra-religious, non-thinking white people. Yeah. It's like, seriously, yo. Now, look. I wasn't raised in like a proper nice family. Like basically, we were just rednecks out in the middle of the, the, the sticks. So when I say, when I see this and go, my parents wouldn't do this, that's saying something. Like, 
Well, I'm not. I'm gonna paint this picture that my parents were awful. My parents were all, uh, wonderful people. We were rednecks, though. I mean, like you know, there's only so much we knew in the world. We operated within the premise of that's what we knew in the world. I fought back about things like race and things like being disrespectful of other kinds of things that they didn't understand. I fought that starting at age like nine, ten, right? But the one thing I can tell you that my parents would not do is let a strange motherfucker in our house or somebody who they even went to church with. First of all, they didn't go to church. Thank you guys for not raising me in the church. <laughs> That's probably the number one thing. But they didn't trust anybody. Like my parents didn't trust anybody. They didn't trust any of our, my uncles or my aunts or my cousins. Like if you were in the room too long with somebody, my mom would like lean her head and go, y'all okay? Leave this door open. What's up? We're like little kids just playing like with dolls. Like, why are they being creepy about the door being open? Because I knew the world that we grew up in. And this was a time frame in which I grew up. These were the years when I, these, this woman that's happened to is my age. And so I'm sitting here going, and I know the parents talk about it on screen. They've turned it into a book. They talk about it openly. And I know it's probably, it's like uh, somebody was saying on the boards, I was talking about looking at this on Reddit, like easy for you to say. No, it is easy for me to say. Like, it is really simple. I'm going to spoil it for y'all a little bit. I'm going to spoil it for you a little bit. So if you haven't seen Abducted in Plain Sight, those people are already gone. They, they, they bounced on Walking Dead. Okay, so it's going to be a spoiler for <laughs> Abducted in Plain Sight. When your church friend says it's part of his therapy to sleep in your daughter's bed, and you let him do that night after night. It's like, motherfucker, what is wrong with you? So here's what this is what pisses me off sometimes. I get the lecture because I'm a certain age and I haven't had kids. And people are like, you didn't want to have children. No, I didn't. I'm not anti-child, though. I'm not anti-child. I'm not anti-human being. I just some of us you just don't want that. And some of y'all don't need to have children at all. Who in the fuck would let this man into their house and have access to his their daughter? And then she gets Stockholm Syndrome. And he's like, he's ruined her. Thank God she turns it around and turns it into a career. You know, she turns those scars into a career and she's out there teaching people in the streets. But a lot of us already been new. Yeah. Like. Well, do you know what it did? It, 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 we, we even said it, 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 makes, it makes the Newell family look like Rhodes Scholars. Oh, my God, it does. Because yeah. we're, all, we're all watching Dirty John. Yeah, for those of you who just... You know, all the hatred towards the Newell family. Yeah. You know, it's like... like especially Deborah. It's there's like, somebody how worse. How could you do this to your family, Deborah Newell? And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, she's over there just probably eating popcorn going, wait for it. You know? <laughs> I did it to my... Well, she did it to her entire family. But, like, and that one did turn very self-destructive. I mean, they're kind of in a race for... No one's getting parent of the year in this motherfucker. <laughs> you have to watch... It's wild. And the dad's getting... Handy's in the car... Yeah, y'all. It's just all over the place. And I kept thinking, if y'all would just—I mean, honestly—if y'all would just stop making your your bodies taboo and crack a book open about sexuality and be open, and y'all wouldn't. This would not happen. And I was—we didn't—we weren't open about our sexuality either. Like nobody talked about that. It was called your boo boo and your hoo hoo. I didn't know where babies came from. I had to find out in a you know, high school bathroom, and I was like, that ain't, that don't sound right. And then girls started getting knocked up, and they were like, no, this is actually how it happens. I'm like, okay, copy that. But like, what the fuck? That's why everybody's going, what the fuck? When they're like, they put up a picture of this, and go, what the fuck? Um, so yeah. I'm not saying I felt great about the world after I finished it either. It was just one of those things where I watched it, and I was like, 
I can't get that time back. I think I think that's why I sort of bounced when I bounced. You didn't on like it. it. I yeah. was just like, you I can't. You don't like spending your time like that. Can't. I respect that. I respect that. And I'll listen to it while I'm I'm being you know active in the other room getting something done. And you just hear me going, damn. Yeah. And then I'm the just fuck? I'm just sitting in the room going, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You'll just hear a soundbite and go, and I'll be like, yep. That's kind of how we watch TV sometimes. Um. <laughs> Another thing I watched recently, it's been out for a while, but I watched Widows last night uh, when you were like late coming back. That's really uh, an interesting, Viola Davis kills it. Um, Cynthia, I don't know who's in the cast. Her name is Cynthia. Her first name is Cynthia. She was at the Baptist. Uh, I'll find it in a second. So Widows, we look up the, all the, everybody in this cast like really killed it. Um, let me get to this cast. Because it's, you know, obviously it's about the Widows. Oh, I don't need to see the advert on this. So you have Viola Davis. You have, um, I'm trying to skip through all of the, oh, all the men are at the top of the, they weren't even really in the movie. Great. Why are all the men at the top of the, whatever, IMDb. So Michelle Rodriguez, um, you have, seriously, how are you stacking this? Elizabeth DeBecky, you have Carrie Coon, our lovely Carrie Coon. And then Cynthia's buried. Where is Cynthia not even building here? I want to get her name right because she's dope. A uh, lot of attention on her. I'm oh, sorry, guys. You're just you're listening to me look up shit on <laughs> on IMDb. It's not in here. It's not. She's just buried in this. I hate it when that happens, y'all. That really annoys me. Uh, yeah, don't have her name in front of me. She was at the Baptist last night with purple hair, and I love her, and she's awesome, and it's not going to happen, and this is boring for you to listen to. And scene. We have, um, we have Ryan Tyree Henry playing a real bad guy. We have Daniel Kalua playing a real bad guy. Um, they're, how do I say this? They're really good at being shitty dudes. And, of course, you got Liam Neeson. We'll get to his ass in a minute. <laughs> uh. Lord, if you live long enough, everybody you looked up to in the early days will let you down. Um, <laughs> Cynthia Arrivo. Cynthia Arrivo plays Belle. She's awesome. Keep your eyes on her. She's amazing. She's coming out of this. So, I mean, I'd have to go and rewatch it again. I felt like it was really strong. Um, and, of course... I think the storyline was kind of problematic at times, but I like what they were trying to do. And I think it was one of those unsung films of the year. It didn't get the love that probably it should have. But I think it is. Mm. It's, it's coming out in streaming. People are seeing it. And that what was I want to talk score about, as well, right? Yes, and the score, the score is yeah. amazing. The score is amazing. What I have to say, though, is that opening scene where uh, Liam Neeson is kissing Viola. Don't do that. <laughs> What is he doing? He looks like he's eating her face. He's like, who taught you to do that? That is not enjoy. I, okay, maybe it feels good. That's great. But here's what I say about cinema. And directors out there know what I'm talking about. I've directed a couple of times. It may feel good to you, but it does not look good. It looks, <laughs> you got to do things for the way it looks, right? That's why sex mm-hmm. scenes are not, real sex is awkward and scary and gross mm-hmm and silly and most of the time you know you're just trying to get through it you know you're just trying to get (laughs) something out of it you might as well just be doing it yourself half the time i mean i've had a lot of sex too and i'm like 
I've never had movie sex. I've never had the where our lips are planted together and we try to take our clothes off. Nobody, nobody does that. Nobody in the world <laughs> wants to go to the dentist knocking their enamel together to get <laughs> their drawers off. We know this is just rom-com bullshit because in the real world, there's a lot of just awkward silences or just or it just happens way too quick or whatever. But I do know what I did not need to see, especially this week after Liam Neeson. I wait to this week to watch Widows. I wait to this week <laughs> to watch this man, this white dude I have admired for a long time, chomp on a black woman's face in the opening scene. I'm like, this was unfortunate for me. And all of us who are watching this right now, if y'all don't know Liam Neeson's, he done, Liam Neeson's, he done, uh, I think he's lost it. He's he's ruined the valet sketches for me. He's ruined Jordan Peele, Jordan, Key and Peele right now are probably just going, motherfuck. So Liam's friend was uh, raped. Back in the day, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And then he went out on the streets looking for any black man to give him a reason to beat black ass. And I think I totally understand on some level what what he was trying to say. And I don't necessarily believe that Liam Neeson is a racist right now, today. But the fact that you told the story in the first, did you not think that? things through again i would like to offer the service can we launch the service like dial a friend and you call me up and you go you know i'm about to tell this story and i go dude if it was me and you in a bar and we were having a moment and you told me this story and it's just me me and you liam neeson's in a bar and i'd be like man fuck did you get over that though did you yeah man i did i did i did i wouldn't tell this to a fucking journalist and he actually in the moment says to the journalist i shouldn't be telling a journalist this this is when your brain is going, no, Liam Neeson's, Liam Neeson's, please. <laughs> this please. is what we talk about all the time about how celebrities are just not in touch with anything most of the time. Mm-mm. The fact that he had no problem saying this in the world and digital world we live in today. Lord. Jesus Christ. Is there not a millennial in his house? Is there a Gen Z in his world? Does he have an assistant who's young who can speak up? (laughs) Just got cut out. I mean. Because here's the thing. People do. I do. I did something last week. I do do stuff all the time. It's probably like I go, bitch, what did you do that for? You know what I mean? And I'll go. Fuck, I need to think on that. That's in my heart. What am I saying? I'm not talking about racist shit. I'm talking about like this just stuff that I'll go, okay, I need to rearrange my thinking. I need to like understand what that thing is. I don't want to do that in front of the Hollywood reporter. <laughs> yeah. I don't work through my shit with Vanity Fair. I don't sit down with the EW and go, you know what I thought one time. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is not the place to do this. This is literally the last place you want to do this. God. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have somebody in the room with him. Like, don't probably, you usually? Probably not. Not normally. Really? I mean, unless you're like, it's the '90s and you're Michael Jackson, and they come to ask you one more time about that thing. You know, I guess maybe you do then. But most of the time, it's just you in a bar, you in a restaurant, you in a hotel room. Well, maybe not hotel rooms anymore. Well, no. I mean, yeah. 
But I, I would think, though, if you're meeting with a, a journalist. It happens in all kinds of ways. It's like you should bring somebody with you. I don't think so. I mean, normally you shouldn't because <laughs> normally a grown-ass person would not sit here and think, like, tell you inner thoughts that they had a long time ago. I understand. Uh-oh. You know, on a certain well, level. this grown-ass person didn't do that. Yeah. And, you know, hey, I feel bad for him in a way. He's getting he's getting smashed. Can I he? can I read what he said so we're making sure yes. we're not leaving Say, anything out of context? Yes, please. Um so told the independent, he said, I went up and down areas with a kosh, which is like a bludge it's it's a weapon. Um, hoping I'd be approached by somebody. I'm ashamed to say that. And I did it for maybe a week, hoping some and then it says he gestured air quotes with his fingers, black bastard would come out of a pub and have a go at me about something so that I could kill him. And he did express remorse, this article says. He said, he went on to say, it was horrible when I think back that I did that. And I've never admitted that, and I'm saying it to a journalist. God forbid, it's awful, but I did learn a lesson from it when I eventually thought, what the fuck are you doing, you know? There were some nights that I went out deliberately deliberately into black areas in the city looking to be set upon so that I could unleash physical physical violence. My response shocked me and it hurt me. I did seek help. I went to a priest. I aired my confession. I was reared a Catholic. I had two very, very good friends that I talked to. And believe it or not, power walking helped me two hours every day. Blah, 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 blah. And he says, I'm not racist. This was nearly 40 years ago. Okay. My problem with all of that... And when I originally originally read that was I would go into black areas. Yeah. Where the fuck is that, Liam? (laughs) Just a whole mindset of that. I mean, I'm not saying there's not black spaces in black areas. And we know folks have, they get shoved in. But just. It's one of those things where. We just didn't need to know that, man. I know you're promoting a film, and let people like that they have to know he's been doing interviews for forty years, thirty years, whatever long he's been famous. But I feel like sometimes people are like they're trying to dig something up. Maybe they've had something to drink, or maybe the journalist has made them drop their guard. Their whole fucking job is to make you drop your guard, so you'll say dumb shit like this because this Irish Independent article has been downloaded millions of times now, right? Yeah, there's um a tweet that that's in the article that i kind of really like she's uh this person on twitter uh she says bear in mind i can speak only for myself and i'm aware others including other black people will feel differently but the bottom line for me is this i don't actually want a detailed account of how racist you were back in the day right exactly what i'm saying i don't need to know this about liam neeson i don't it's in your heart you dealt with it that's where it should stay, really. I mean, you learn your lesson. You don't, right? You know, and you're not a. You, you, someone else said you're, you're not a hero for your admission. You are a representative of racial terror. That was said by Charles M. Blow, and I think he writes. He's a New York Times columnist. Right. So, right. <sighs> I well, don't I don't know who's having a worse week, him or <laughs> anybody who's in government in Virginia. I mean. Jesus Christ, what is going on in Virginia? It's like every day 
Like, it's like four people now. All of I the, swear to God. Of all of the sketches that SNL's done of late, I think the one that they did uh, Saturday night was uh, my favorite. When they <laughs> they have like Kenan Thompson up there and there's all of his white constituency sitting there. You know, Halsey was the host, by the way. I think she did a good job. Um, they're all sitting there and he goes, okay, who did blackface in the 80s? <laughs> and like everybody kind of <laughs> goes through all the reasoning for doing blackface. Uh-huh. And... Um, I was actually talking to a good friend of mine, and she said, my brother might have done that. This is a person I've known, her brother, for a pretty chunk of my life. And I was like, what? What do you mean? She goes, yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. How many people do I? It was like a thing that people did. I was like, I know this person. He's a lovely dude. She goes, yeah, it's just what people did. I'm like, I'm sorry. I never, ever, ever, ever. Thought that was cool. Who thought that was cool? Man. So here's a question. Um, they're going to they're gonna list it on Craigslist. Who wants to run Virginia? Uh, just answer the ad on Craigslist because that's nobody's who's at, who's actually in the government of Virginia is qualified to do it. Uh, and the guys who are not wearing blackface, um, I think the black dudes get sexual allegations against him. Yeah. Is that assault? Le- what is it? I don't know. Lieutenant, I don't want to talk Lieutenant about it. Governor, yeah. Yeah, he's got some uh, pr- problems. One assault and one one um, rape accusation. Oh, a rape accusation. Okay. And an assault. So look for that on the, assault, uh, uh, for on gigs. It'll be under the gig section on Craigslist because um, you probably won't last long. They'll probably find something. <laughs> I mean, like, the fuck is going on with Virginia? Alabama's over here going, whoo. <laughs> Damn. I thought, you know. Trump is um, even. Trump got to take a few days off. He's like, I'm just going to watch this burn. I'm, I'm, I'm good right now. I got four days off. So like, well, he's got every day off, but you know what I mean, like extra time off to eat burnt steak and chocolate cake. He's just over there just gulping diet cokes, going, hey, hello, another rail Adderall for me. Um, damn. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now we're on the subject of blackface. Actually, segues really nice into one of my notes. Okay. Um. Okay. So. I need I need to like I need to walk through this with you. Um so while like last week, two weeks ago, while I was still playing the magic flute, I went to find a production of it on YouTube because I just wanted to, to hear certain songs and see the staging because I don't see anything from the pit. Um so I'm watching this. And within the story, there's um essentially there's a beast. They call him the beast and he has slaves. And the beast is like a cursed person that the king has, you know, condemned, whatever. Um, the beast and these slaves are the only people of color in this production. Um, which is, it doesn't say anywhere in the YouTube description, but it looks like it's in, it's definitely in Germany. Um, maybe Vienna. Um, and it's pretty recent too because the video quality is is really good. Um, so, so I'm watching this, and as I'm watching, the camera zooms in onto one of the slaves, and I'm like, "Oh, that is not a black person." So I go into the comments expecting everyone <laughs> to be, you know, outraged yeah. about using blackface in this production. Um, granted. The original libretto by Chicanator does call, I don't know if it specifically calls for blackface, but they're not meant to be white, essentially. Um, not an excuse in my book. It's it's the 21st century. Just mm-hmm. update that shit. Mm-hmm. So I go into these comments and 
anytime someone points out the fact that there's blackface, they're immediately bombarded with threads of replies from people who live in Europe saying that in Europe, blackface is not offensive. We don't have the same same history of slavery that America did. It's not offensive, blah, 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 blah. It's a costume. It's whatever. Um. Okay. People have a lot of problem with Black Pete. Um, they really do. And it, uh, also, a lot of, you know, stop putting your American traditions onto European ones. You guys aren't the only people in the world, which to an extent I kind of get, not in this instance, but Americans do have a tendency to sort of broadcast their their traditions onto other parts of the world sure um but this this rationale does not make any sense to me at all it Um, really doesn't it's like saying i can make fun of jewish people because the holocaust didn't happen in america it's sort of the same thing yeah um and what they're essentially saying is uh don't put your american traditions into our european ones you guys said slavery we're racist just because that's what it that's what it like it's just because it's monday guys come on yeah and i'm like the fact that europe doesn't share american history even though y'all were the ones colonizing in the first place uh does not excuse the fact that blackface was used in the production in my butt it's not makeup it's not a costume it's racist Mm -hmm. (laughs) and to suggest otherwise is racist the the idea that you can use yeah it's does does it make sense where I'm coming? Absolutely, I, I'm not crazy, right? Look up, like, look up Suarte Pieta or Black Pete. It's Z W A R T E, second word P I E T. Uh, Black Pete Christmas character. It's like, yeah, people. Oh, you want to talk about people getting mad and butt hurt and Europeans who are over here going, "We are not you guys. We're not uncivilized beasts like America is." You know, we got tradition. Y'all are angry teenagers. We've been around for a minute. And I'm like, y'all been around for a lot longer time. So you think you would have worked this the fuck out? You know, we're the stupid, hyperbolic, idiot teenager with growing pains. You guys have been around for a lot, lot longer. And you're still holding it down, which I'm just reiterating what you just said. I just realized. But it's just like, really? So, yeah. No, I'm with you on this. And it, it's, it, it feeds into the idea that the again art does not you know exist in a vacuum we can't update things like it's not sacrilegious mm-hmm. to the original art to do so mm-hmm. and and the excuse that it was in the original libretto is does not it that's not an excuse for me that's a cop out yeah, magnum pi is brown now guys just you know bt dubs it's good spider-man um, is you know probably gonna be black i don't know just or some some you're super probably superman's gonna be black i'm just saying it's I would not, love a black Superman. Yeah, honestly. I'm just saying, like, because people are people on the planet, and it's not just about white people and blah blah blah. But also, you know, can yeah, can we just stop? Can we stop doing this? Can we? And I'm so. That's why I love about Get Out. Get Out has so. It's not just one thing. If you keep watching Get Out, there's so many messages that Jordan has in there. Like we, we just we we worship the black culture and the black body and absorb it, and then we throw away the black person. You know, and the whole Black Pete argument is don't ruin my Christmas from my childhood. Fuck your black, your your Christmas shit from your childhood. Fucking the ass. I don't give a shit about your fucking childhood. I'm talking about mm. today. I grew up with some pretty racist bullshit stuff. And I had some pretty backward notions about a few things growing up. Again, not about race so much. It's just about certain ways that I saw myself because I was taught as a woman to be a certain way. And for the longest time, I pre- 
problematic men and sometimes even women to be with because that's what I thought I deserved. And that's just because I didn't educate myself on how I should treat myself. And I let myself just do, I did dumb shit. I have done dumb shit, bad shit, you know, because I was ignorant and stupid and didn't love myself and didn't have confidence in who I was. Mm. I learned that late in life, but you can fucking change. I changed. Like we were talking the other day. I'm still trying to learn my way around pronouns when I'm talking to people and not assuming things about people and assuming their sexuality. And it's, it's kind of opening up a whole new world to me. It's like, I, you know, that straight actor is playing blah, blah, blah. How you know he's straight? How mm-hmm. the fuck? He, he might not even know he's, you know, something. So yeah. I'm not using it as an excuse. I'm just saying, but this is an obvious one. This is a fucking obvious one here. Mm-hmm. You know, don't... Put polish on your face. No matter if, if your great-grandfather did it, let me just tell you, the greatest generation used the N-word more than anybody else. I'm ripping that joke off from Chris Rock. And then there's, then there's things like this, talking about traditions. Uh, people are getting into Rami Malik. They're going to Tumblr. They're discovering the Pacific for the first time. I love these little social, social justice warriors, too. People think I'm a social justice warrior. I'm not. I'm just like, there's just shit you just need to do and stuff that you don't. But the SJ, SJW bugs me as much as it does y'all. And they go on there like, oh, my God. I was watching the Pacific the other day, and they say the word Jap a lot. And they're, like, really racist toward the Japanese. And I'm like, okay, now. <clears throat> Y'all know there's World War II, and we were at war with them, and we did some pretty racist shit, and that is what happened. That is mm-hmm. literally how we saw, y'all gonna trip when you get to the whole man's in our prison camps and what we did to the Japanese people over here in California, and you're just gonna fucking lose your mind. Have some sense when we're talking about these things. I, I kind of... Sorry, I went on a little bit of a tangent, but I'm just saying, come on, come on. Okay, so yeah, I'm with you. No, I'm yeah. with you. We can we can change this, right? We can mm-hmm. we can fix this pretty easily. Just stop doing that. Did I hijack your point? I think I did a little bit. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, what's the other thing I was going to tell you about? Okay, so I don't know if you got a load of um, AOC. She's ruffling fly- uh, feathers on either side of the aisle. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'm sure somebody just heard that just now and went, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and went back to hanging in the rafters upside down. Um, so AOC has been out there. She does this really wonderful, um, video this week on campaign reform. If you haven't seen it already, please check it out. I loved it because it kind of educates, um, the world and anybody who's watching, even the people sitting there in Congress on what a bad guy is and how campaign reform is desperately needed. Uh, that's all I want to say about that. She was uh, she was wonderful, and I know a lot of people like she's scaring everybody. She's like, I'm sure people will dress up like uh, AOC at Halloween this year because it just scared the fuck out of people. But that's also brown face. I just want you to know that's also not cool because she she ain't she's not purely white, is she? Just be careful. Just look it up. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure, but when you just if you're not sure, probably just don't do it. <laughs> if you're not sure, when in doubt. Leave yeah. the shoe polish out. Uh, and then Kamala Harris admitted uh, that she, she smoked weed and she inhaled and she liked it. Uh, I love the joke. She said, half of my family is Jamaican. So, yeah. And then she said that <laughs> weed brought joy and we need a little joy in the world. 
And it was a fabulous thing. And as soon as she said this on this radio st- show, I went, she's going to be president. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you, you can get a lot of people like together on a few issues this, and compartmentalize. Yeah, but you, when you say you like weed, you, you into weed. Do, you, can't, you can't use weed as... You don't a, think so? No, no. You can't use it as... as uh, a detractor? Yeah. I'm saying it's the opposite. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. if you just say weed... Yeah. I like weed. Yeah, times have changed. I, I, shit, that's you know, all people will hear. They'll just go, okay. I mean, she's going to be president. Yeah. She just became president Kamala Harris just by saying, weed is good, yo. I mean, how, how many of these like how many of these guys now are just, they're just diving into the, um, you know, the uh, the the uh, production of it now, trying to get some of that money. Oh, yeah. Winston, I mean, uh, who, who's it? Marlboro, the, who runs that whole, um, who runs the whole tobacco game? What's those thugs' name? What they name? Oh, uh, Philip Morris. Philip Morris, Reynolds, and all those guys. And all those guys, yeah, they're trying to get some they of in that. the weed game. Yeah. That's why don't smoke their weed. Yeah. Try to get it from a. Try to get it organically. And there was there's some other there's some other uh, there's some other you know white Republican person who's trying to get into it too. I mean, they're all they all are. Do you want that? They want See, that I money. think I think Congress should all smoke weed. Pence would stop going to musicals and be repressed and just like, I've got to go see a musical. A girl's got to get out of the house and see a musical with mother. You know, he would probably just come rolling out of the closet, just like two puffs in. He's like, I'm free. Um, I think it would make a lot of people happy, you know. <laughs> yeah. The bugs would crawl out of their buttholes and they would just be like. Or it would make people super paranoid. Yeah. We've got to kill all the black people tonight. Depending it could have, your, some, cause it have some really bad makeup. repercussions. So that's not sort of my political little pieces for this week. I don't know if you guys have noticed that the podcast has changed a little bit. We do we used to pick a show and talk about it, and we will do that with a certain couple of shows. Just wanted to remind you, you're not high. We have started uh, to open up. Or the pod- are you? Oh, you might be. Then happy buzz. I hope you're having a lovely buzz. Watch High Maintenance on HBO. Like the, uh, when I had the, was it the gummy bears from Crafty? Yes. The dream that you had. I had a dream that. Or Ian, cookies or something. Ian got a he got it he got pulled over by the cops and got arrested because he was on set and the crafty had put out like edible cookies. And he had like three of them because all the food was gone by the time the crew got over there. So he wolfed down three cookies and was like, I feel bad. I had three chocolate chip cookies and they were pretty big and they were edibles and he got pulled over by the cops. That shit will fuck you up. Oh man. I had one macaroon one time and I was puking and shitting at the same time. You were laying in the shower. While I was laying on the bathroom floor. You gotta be dosage man with edibles. I just, I won't go near it. Yeah. I'm bad enough on that stuff. I watched that happen to you and I was scared straight. Shit. <laughs> I was like. I ain't ever gonna do that. I have no tolerance man. I can't uh uh-uh. uh. I can't uh uh uh. You scared me. Um, and I don't even smoke anymore and I'm just like fuck that. No I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Uh, do you have another thing? Yes, I do. Yes. Um, let's get to your next thing. Let's do your next thing. So, oh, let me finish the thought. The last thought was, so we are talking more about politics and everything else because art and politics uh, don't exist in vacuums. They are not mutually excuse- exclusive, and we do sort of fold that in. So if you're hearing some political stuff and you're like, oh, my God, what happened to my favorite show? Uh, we're still here. We still love you. But I don't know if you've noticed, we were always talking about it in the background anyway, so now we're just admitting it. Okay. Go ahead and next thing. <laughs> we came out of the political we closet. We came out of the uh, political closet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fuck. Um, because we've already kind of talked about celebrities not, n- like, just not being in touch with anything. Um, I don't know if you if you saw the news that um, Fantastic Beast 3 um, was delayed. Uh, the, the release date was delayed. I didn't say um, that. No. What happened? Ooh. Um, 
nothing nothing bad like nothing terrible um dan fogler who plays uh jacob kowalski he um said in an interview um that the reason that production was delayed is because they needed more pre-production time um because he said this movie is going to be bigger than the first and second combined (sighs) okay I'm going to keep this short because if I don't, I'm going to go on forever. Okay. Um, so in what world does J.K. Rowling, you know, see the reviews for Crimes of Grindelwald, all of which saying it's too complicated, it's too big, it's it's too much, and then goes on to make a movie that is going to be even bigger in scope. Granted, the third the script for the third movie was already written by the time Crimes of Grindelwald came out. Um, but you felt no need to course correct or anything. And again, haven't seen the movie. Don't know anything about this movie at all. Um, I'm just saying it doesn't bode well for me that, and we've talked about it last week. The problem with scope in storytelling is that we lose touch with what the story is actually about. Yeah. Um, and this news kind of concerns me and it kind of ties in with, um, you know, council of geeks, Nathaniel, the guy I sent you put out a video last week talking about not necessarily this but um the sort of fantastic beast universe in general and the problem that they're having is that um he he talked about like what what was the hook of the original harry potter series uh he said it in his mind it was all about hogwarts the the magical school and that the world building was complementing that um don't necessarily know if i 100 percent agree i think it's I think it's more the latter for me. Yeah. Um, but he was talking about how the reason that Fantastic Beast is having such a hard problem or any material outside of the Harry Potter story is that what is bigger than the whole Voldemort situation? How do you make it? How do you make the situation bigger and more dangerous without undermining the Voldemort story? Because like, I mean, like, it's it's just going to keep happening. It's the same point people have made with like the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Like Return of the Jedi, things were great only for a couple of years and then we had this other problem coming on. Um and that's a valid argument. Yeah. All roads were supposed to lead Darth Vader. Yeah. And then you got this other yeah. shit over here. I yeah. I I told I I can agree in in some respect. And granted J.K. Rowling did the the obvious thing was to go back and tell the story of Grindelwald, like the original Voldemort, essentially. Um, because like after Harry, like what what can possibly top that in scope? And that's that's the reason it can. His main point was: Can this universe go on? Can it continue to exist mm. without undermining the original material? And I think it's it's a it's a valid and interesting question. I think. I think it can. I just think it needs a different angle is all. So, I mean, it's obvious that I'd like to know what's really going on in the mind of J.K. Rowling. I really would like to know what's happening in her brain pan. I mean, I feel like there's, it does fit into this theme of, of you've been too famous for too long. You're living in an ivory tower or at least a soundproof one where you know you're not it's right there in front of you it's not like 20 years ago when you wrote the first book and people would you, you'd get your feedback in book sales and people would line up for hours and, and and for miles and get your book and you knew you had a good thing and now it's like people are like at you on twitter and she's you know blocking people and um it's kind of like 
I mean, what is driving that kind of um, break with maybe not reality, but what is what is driving that thinking? I I, I don't I it it doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't to get that. That just tells me she's just not listening to any feedback whatsoever. Yeah, she's not looking at no, not even the crit- the critics' response or the audience response, even like the sales. I don't think she's she's into all that. She's seeing it reflected in the bank account. That's that's all that really matters. Well, and I know I'm assuming a lot here. I mean, I, I really, um, honestly, don't give a never loving fuck what critics think about anything. I think, I think audiences, though, you're fan. You're here's the thing that I guess I, I feel this very strongly about. You know, the stuff I've written in the past. I make my living as a writer. My job is to entertain my audience. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. These these are the people who put money in your pockets. These are the people who have paid for your life. These are the people who have. They don't own you. I'm not saying that they. We you know need to put her in a cage. Uh, I'm I'm just saying that. These are the people who made you possible. Yeah. This is your readership. This is your now your film viewers. And then you're not listening to some of the feedback. I'm not saying you need to write your shit by committee and every Tom, Dick, and Harry gets a say in your in your stuff. But if you keep hearing the same theme over and over and over again, that's a note that you start to pay attention to. Shouldn't it be yeah. that way? It sh- it should. It's part of the deal, isn't it? You know, it is part of the, the deal. audience. The audience it is a factor in in some measure or another. But the the fact that her response to a very luke the the lukewarm reception she got for Crimes of Greenwald was to make the story even bigger. I mean, I would have just loved the simple characters we got in the first movie tied up into this whole drama that is the Dumbledore and Grindelwald conflict. That was enough to go on. I'm there so confused, was enough though. material there. And I don't know all the backstory of the storyline here, but the way I came to the to the um the Fantastic Beast franchise was because of we love Luna and Luna had this book by the mm-hmm. celebrated author um she had Newt Scaramander's book and about the creatures and it had a real natural walk into the Potter franchise. I mean, it made mm-hmm. so much sense and I was like, Oh, this is cool. So we get to learn about this guy. And so all of these new films are going to be, um, maybe the, these, these, um, people from the past. It'll be really fun. And then all yeah. of a sudden we're doing this deep, crazy butthole pondering. And then it's Johnny Depp and drag with an eye. And he's always got to have a costume. Because God forbid the, the bitch show up and just be himself. Anyway, so like then you got all this stuff going on. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I'm really confused as to where we were headed with this. Yeah. You know, where this was supposed to go. And again, fuck me. They make decisions and whatever. But here, here's the thing that happens now that I noticed. There's so many choices. And there's only so many dollars that people want to put out of their pocket to go see a film. Mm-hmm. So what what you should see it's not just feedback it's it's people are firing shots across the bow they're warning you you know yeah. like we all warned AMC and The Walking Dead for season after season so long farewell a vida and goodbye adieu adieu you know and it's like this is a good way to just grind your shit into the ground and go out on a low note. 
and my and my my fear is is that she is turning into what the what the walking dead has become is that no matter what i put out people will eat it up and i I truly hope that's not the case yeah she wouldn't be wrong on a certain score i mean and i say that knowing that i am going to see every moody movie regardless i can't think of a scenario where i don't go and see these movies it would have to be like incredibly like like what the fuck? I think you'll be for surprised. For me to just stop. I think you'll be surprised. These are human beings. We disappoint each other all the time. I, you know, I don't have heroes. I just don't believe in heroes. I, I admire qualities of people. I look up to people. I admire what they do. People have taken brave actions, and I look at that. So I don't. I yeah, and I I don't necessarily view her as a hero in my life either. I it it makes yeah, me yeah. sad no, because of the. Yeah. It makes me sad for the story. Like, yeah. she's the one doing this to herself. I don't feel a whole lot of pity for her. And again, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We have I no idea. Know. And again, maybe they're, maybe they're taking that I don't even time. know if it was, yeah, I don't even know if it was her decision to go all the way to five movies. Well, maybe. Because you know, she, yeah. she did propose just the, just the three. I think that could have worked. I don't know why they, they felt the need. Well, money. That's they why. they put a lot of incredible pressure on her, I'm sure. True, yeah. They make it where you so, can't say no. But I, it also could be that they're taking this extra time to learn from their mistakes. It could be that she did hear and she did listen because J.K. is a very, very, very smart woman. And maybe yeah. she is, like, putting her foot down. And maybe she is saying, hey, man, you know, we need to retool this. It could be that, that whatever statement they released may not have been the, the full picture of what's going on. That's true. That's true, honestly. I mean, because, like, if... if you know, someone came out and said, oh, we're we're delayed right now because JK is, is rethinking the series that if I was, you know, like an executive at Warner Brothers would be like, uh, can we like trust her to do this? Sure. Is is, you know, so I mean, if that if that was the case, I would have loved to hear that. Not we're going to make it bigger. Well, I don't know that I necessarily uh, I don't know. I don't know that we, we can know everything on the dealings of stuff. There's lawyers. There's lots. So if you have this, this much money on the line, you're mm-hmm. not really free to say a bunch of stuff, which leads into something that uh, – can I go into my next thing? I'll just go into this Sure, yeah, yeah. So off of that, um, Alita is coming out. I think this is the name of it. It's Alita. It's that uh, – It's uh, the, yeah. Yeah, the superhero character. It's Robert Rod- Rodriguez. It, and executive produced by Cameron, James Cameron. Is it the Battle Angel one? Yeah, it's Battle Angel yeah. or something like that. Um, and I had no idea. Like, I, I have my problems with Rodriguez at cer- certain times, and then I also just kind of really love his jam because this is a guy who who came out here after making El Mariachi for $7,000. He turned himself into a guinea pig for science to make his money, and then he won the, the, a bit of it in a, a contest, but he made his movie for $7,000. And then he tried to sort of play Hollywood's game, and then he was like, I don't really like you guys giving me notes, and I'm going to edit the film myself. And they're like, what? You don't edit your own films. Yeah, I kind of want to do that. Fuck you. I'm going to shoot it, and I'm going to edit it, and I'm going to write it. And they're like, no, you can't do that. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And suck a dick. And then he went back to Texas. And the thing about this film is he made it at his studio in Texas. And his deal was, y'all get out of my face. I make it with my money. I do my thing. I'm not taking any of your money to have to answer to you. So if it sucks or it fails, okay, that's on me. But um, I feel like 
the guy who was leading the forefront for filmmakers back in the day is now back again. I love this Rodriguez, you know, this guy who's make it in your own backyard. You know, you can throw up Mm -hmm. some green screen now with technology and do it. We had a hand crank and do all of our own fake stuff back in the day and we made it work. Now we have technology on our side and he's encouraging that, you know? So I feel like, I feel like those kinds of stories that are coming up, because if this film does well, um, it's going to change the game again. It's going to be like, do you need a big thing? Do you need a big studio behind your thing? Do you need that? Mm-hmm. And when filmmakers break away and when we start having movie premieres on a digital platform, maybe YouTube, maybe not YouTube, everybody's like, YouTube's the king of the mountain. Well, for now, when I was a kid, if it wasn't on CBS or ABC or NBC, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And now... um, I don't watch shows on there except for maybe SNL, I guess. Yeah. And the good place isn't the good place on one of those? I don't know. Sometimes this is us. Um, but I you know, like it's things change so quickly, so I feel like we're in a dangerous time. If you get an attitude and you like I've been I've been the shit for twenty something years. This is I'm the king of this mountain, it's like people will just stop coming to your mountain. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When, when shit went digital, it's like everyone has access now. Yeah. You can cut a whole album in your own house. Yeah, you, you can. You don't have to go to the, the studio. They yeah. made Tangerine on, on two iPhones. You no. Know? And you can edit that on your laptop. Ooh. Seriously. So I feel like it's not that anybody's trying to, like, kill things. Like, millennials will kill the diamond industry. I think people are just coming along and going, look, your old shakedown doesn't work. You know, yeah, I loved you a long time ago, Liam Neeson's, you know, when you had a, a certain set of particular skills, one of those is don't tell you shit to a reporter. Don't do that. <laughs> your certain particular set of skills was like revenge porn, trying to get your da- daughter back. That was what you were good at, man. But and, and yeah. obviously not kissing. You're not a good kisser. If you <laughs> kiss people like that, that seems like assault. I don't know if you got that woman's permission, but please stop chomping on people's faces. That was not good. Um, but I just feel like, you know, we're in a we're in a place where the oldens are needing to listen to the, the group coming up or either the other voices in the room that, that have been, always been squashed. Maybe people who are your peers who've been trying to fix them to tell you, you know, a thing or two. I think we people should listen up. I think it's time for her to just give the rights away and just focus on other shit. Mm. And I also need Warner Brothers to finally figure out that the Harry Potter world needs to be on TV. I think so too. Uh, it needs to be. This is one. Of, this is one of the reasons why Fantastic Beasts isn't working is because we don't have any books to supplement our experience the way we did the Harry Potter films, right? Which, to their own credit, do also leave out a lot of world building things that don't make much sense if you don't get a sense of what the books are are really trying to tell you. That is true. If, if Fantastic Beasts was a book series that later got turned into a movie or started out. As a TV series on like HBO or something, mm-hmm. we would not be having this problem. I don't think. I want a TV series of the next generation of kids at Hogwarts facing small problems that don't fuck with the scope of your past stories. I want a show about like the wizard cops, the horrors. Like, what would a crime show with magic look like? I want that. I yeah. don't. I don't want like half-assed written movies that we're getting right now i think you're right i'm just just 
I'm sad for that the story is is undergoing this, especially a huge story that is the Dumbledore Grindelwald conflict, that it's getting this sort of treatment. So right, right. I'll get off my soapbox, but yeah, no, 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 it's okay. This is what this is for. Is what the podcast is actually for. It's the soapbox. It is the soapbox. Um, no, I feel you. I totally feel you. It's hard to see these things change. I mean, like again, I my favorite filmmaker for the longest time was Woody Allen. Sucks to be me. Yep. Uh, okay. So, uh, recommendations. I'm talking about podcasts this week. Oh, David Tennant's podcast. Yes. David Tennant, if you don't know him, he's a Scottish actor who played Doctor Who, Doctor, uh, Doctor Who number nine, my favorite doctor. Um, I love the other ones too. I'm just saying, I don't know why. He's my favorite doctor. I like the way he played the doctor equal balance um he has a podcast now and i love it it's david Tennant does a podcast with ellipsis i mean it's clunky but it kind of gets to the point and then i think i don't know if he goes to everyone but his first podcast with uh with olivia coleman who just won the bafta uh this weekend for best actress from the favorite Yay, Kali. uh you should listen to it it is a wonderful fly in the wall conversation he goes to her house and she talks about um, how she's in Broadchurch five, six years ago, and she blows up, and how people come up to her, and she's just all like, ah! She feels very unsafe and weird. And, and if you guys run across Olivia Coleman on the street, please don't touch her. Just don't, don't creep on her. Don't creep on anybody who's famous. It's just really weird. But she won last night, and I can't wait to see that one. But I, I've, I've heard his lineup. He's got a lot of great uh, guests coming up, so... I think it's like the is the next one like Whoopi or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he's got Whoopi Goldberg on yeah. there. Like, he's got, you know, he's been in the business for a while. He's got these contacts, and and I love uh, – he actually intimates on his podcast that uh, he had kind of a struggle with, with being Doctor Who and being so recognized that people would come up to him, and it really freaked him out. Like he had to go see someone about it. So mm. I kind of loved the candor that these two uh, people share in this podcast. So if you're a fan of, fan of David Tennant, go there for that. And if you just want to hear the one and you love Olivia Coleman, go hear her uh, on that podcast. Then you found one that we listened to in the car that is like the shit. Uncivil. Uncivil. Tell me what it's about. Um, not sure who makes it. I have to look it up. But it, the stories, you know, of American history and untold American history. Yeah, and it's it's yeah you know, it's. Is it all around the Civil War? Is it mostly because the one that we listened to, the Maiden one? Well, see, the thing is like. Those are episodes that are like almost two years old. Oh, so this is an older podcast. Yeah, but we just now discovered. Yeah, it. so we well, just went all the way. Andre's the... just getting to season five of Game of Thrones. We're good. It's fine. <laughs> it's, this is not called Freshland. <laughs> it's called Ashland. Things have turned to ash, and now they've risen from the grave. I never even thought about that being the reason behind our podcast. It is not that it's not why the podcast is called Ashland, but you know, let's go with it. So it's a. I had never heard the story, um, and and I'm not gonna. I am sort of going to spoil it for you, but basically there's this this guy who was like, he was violently against slavery. So his way of setting the slaves free was, he he set a few guys free, got them free. And then he was like, you know what? I'm just going to go recruit more people to get more slaves free. And who better to do that than slaves? So he would just roll up to a plantation in the cover of night with a couple of people and he just burned the whole plantation down. 
<laughs> He'd just take <laughs> motherfuckers up out there. And he's like, hey, y'all, y'all want to come? They'd be like, yes, I would like to be free. Let's run away. And this one white dude wrote to the local paper, and he was like, I turned to my house slaves, and I said, the people, of the, the and they were in union uniforms, by the way. They have a uniform or whatever, and they're running up across this man's plantation lawn. He's looking out the window. It's dawn. And he's like, slaves, come with me into the woods. Let us flee. And they're like, okay. And he goes, but then their feet weren't moving. He's writing this really hysterical letter to his local paper. But then they did nothing. And then the podcast is like, they were like, yeah, go ahead, Massa, you first. <laughs> And then they ran toward, he watched his own slaves run toward the, the, the slaves in uniform who coming to liberate them. And they're all like, yeah. they noticed each other like, hey, what's up, Rodney? Hey, because Leon. Uh, yeah, there, were, yeah, there were people from that, you know, escaped from that plantation yeah. to join up. Came back. Came back, you know. And he was just like, oh my God. He was clutching his night, you know, his night shirt going, and they seem to be in cahoots. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> it was like the, but it was like my favorite thing that I've heard in a long time. How did you find it? Um, I think it was it was advertised when I was listening to Crime Town. It's another Gimlet um, yeah. podcast. They're getting purchased by Spotify, right? So, who was the guy's name who did that? Who was the crazy? I, I can't. Oh, uh, James Montgomery. So yeah, maybe something Montgomery. He was from Kansas, right? And he put together a regiment, and that's what they did. They went, they freed slaves, and they burned the plantations down. They just burned everything to the ground. I mean, that's just gangster as shit. It's not like, come with me, guys. You know, we outnumber the white people on the farm. It's just like, we taking your people and we burning your shit down. It's like, oh, But he would leave, like, fuck. housing structures in case people didn't want to go with them. They'd have places to stay. Oh, they did. But the, like, like the main houses and all the other things, he just burnt them. Did he uh, ever kill any of the white people in the house? I don't know. It, it, I don't know. Huh. It just gave us the, that one story where... Um, he had worked with, uh, I think it was with Harriet Tubman on, on one project or one raid. She was his spy. Like she gave him intel, but, uh, yeah. So there you go. That's nobody taught, taught you that in school. Yeah. I want to see that movie. Crime Town is, is, um, the first one was in Providence. Right. Season one was Providence. Who knew? So many gangsters in Rhode Island. And then the second season I think is in, uh, Detroit. That's right. So. The D, man. Woo! Stuff goes down in the D. So, yeah, those are two. Um, I have been, uh, I know one pod- podcast uh, follows us on social media. I'm going to give them, I'm going to listen to them this week and tell you guys what I think about that. Um, from from what I've seen in their social media, it's going to be super fun. Uh, so I'm going to be uh, watching that. That's going to be fun. You, did you want to do corrections? You don't want to do corrections? You do want to do corrections? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, last week I, you know, I sort of said something about like all, all politicians are you know, evil and bad. And it's just that's not that's not correct. It's incorrect. There's a lot of politicians on, on the local level, the state level, and even, you know, the national level that are, are doing things that um, are not self-centered and, and they're not lining their pocketbooks. They're, they're really doing work for the you didn't American want anybody to think that you were jaded mm. about the process because yeah. you're pretty you're pretty you're not a you're not a, a, a cynic when it comes to these things i don't see it think no i mean it's like you know sometimes sometimes i have to tell myself you know there even though a lot of the stuff that's going on don't agree with it you know it's it's just part of the just part of you know the the process it's just yeah what happens when you have different points of view and different ethnicities and different um, income levels. And it's just, it's just life trying to live in, 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 on the same world. So, yeah. yeah. 
I actually did have a correction because I I just thought of it um because I was listening back to to last week's podcast and I I should have explained myself a bit more when I was talking about uh Rent Live, um and people hate watching uh Rent and the the message the show it has um I did want to elaborate I didn't mean to say that you can't critique the show because it's about AIDS and queer people that's not what I meant to say I I realized it sort of came across off that way uh. I I think what I was trying to say is that um, you can critique things without shitting on it. I think that's what I was going for. So just want to uh, correct myself there. Yeah. Uh, I have a correction. I've been uh, unprofessional in every podcast we've done. And that's going to continue. I just, I can't really fix that. <laughs> I think it's more like, it's not a correction. I just, I think it's just, uh, I'm aware <laughs> I've always well, you don't aware. have to apologize for it because even Olivia Coleman said that Judy Dench is she's yeah. proper naughty. She's proper naughty. You know, all the best people are. I was I worked at an ad agency one time where some motherfucker that I thought was my friend called me a plebe, and I was just like, "Oh, you think I'm so stupid and so such a plebe that I don't know what plebe means?" And I really take that as um, a compliment. By the way, thank you guys for listening. We're getting a, a lot of people are tuning in every week. Thank you for coming along on this journey. We appreciate you listening and, and sharing it with your friends. And I don't know what you do. You're smoking your weed. You're in your bathtub. You're taking a walk. You're at work. You hate your boss. You love your boss, but you're taking a break. You're listening to it with your boss. I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but the numbers are telling me that you guys are tuning in. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And hit us up with something that you think about and you want to talk about. Be polite. Don't be a dick. I'm just going to ignore you if you're a dick. I deal with, I've dealt with enough dicks in my life. In okay, different fashions. Becky. Yeah. Holler. So, oh, did you want to say the thing about hip-hop? Nah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of my thing. Do you have other things? Do you have any more things? Um, I just want to real quick talk about the Avengers Endgame TV spot uh, that was yes. on the Super Bowl. <gasps> yes. Um, I did get emotional. Yes. Uh, give me more angry Steve Rogers. Is all I have to say. Yes. Give me more of that. Thanos took away his boyfriend. Yes. Make him more angry. He did. No, um, I'm really liking what I'm seeing. This is going to turn out to be a very different Marvel movie, and I can I can tell not just because it's it's going to be huge and in the end of a chapter, but it it feels like it's going to be a, a very different movie. Don't we feel um, safe in the Russo brothers' hands? Don't they just do a good job? Of, I like... totally do, and uh, and also the writers, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McNeely. Yes, yes. Um, Shout out to totally, the writers. Yeah, totally feel safe with them, uh, yeah. and I'm just very excited. Captain Marvel comes out in less than a month. Oh my god! Um, so I'm excited for that. Are we feeling good about Brie in this? I think so. I I watched an, another TV spot. That actually the TV spot that was on the the Super Bowl as well. Um. It looks like they're they're sticking with a a slightly comedic take on on this whole superhero thing. It it vibed very much like Thor Ragnarok for me. I love um, it. Very love colorful, that. very loud, but also very lighthearted. Yeah, um, I just I'm so glad that they started doing this. I think that's when I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'll watch that. I don't really like I told yeah. you before. I like the forehead pounding and the my parents are dead. <sighs> yeah, you know, like <laughs> this is good. This is really good. I like it. You know, I just got the shit. We gotta laugh about it. Uh, there was that something else that was coming out that I was like looking at, going, "Oh, I want to see this week," but it's it's escaping me, and I didn't write it down. So, to me, <laughs> um, still watching my things. I'm still watching High Maintenance. I still recommend that. That's good and Shameless because these are the last uh, episodes with Emmy. 
The the thing that's got me all excited is uh, we're getting close to they're going to start shooting Mr. Robot soon. Mm. Ram Ram Mal Mal has won six, eight awards. He won the BAFTA this weekend. Congratulations, Rami. Will y'all stop talking about his dick and the white pants? I mean, you can do that on Tumblr. Can you just not make that a headline? That's not journalism. That's Tumblr. Just go write that on Tumblr. Don't. You're, if you did this to not a to woman, mention really invasive. Yeah, if you did this to a woman, the people would lose their fucking oh, yeah. minds. Yeah. Uh, the dude put in the work, he put in the time, he won the BAFTA. Stop talking about the imprint of his dick. Also, why y'all thirsty for it? Like whatever. That's about y'all. It's about you. <laughs> Write some fan fiction on Tumblr. Don't make it like that's not journalism, girl. You know who I'm talking about, Becky. You know, you know who I'm talking about. So don't take away from the fact that the man won a fucking BAFTA. Egyptian dude won a fucking BAFTA. Okay? Stop it. Fucking stop it. Fucking idiots. Um, and that's all I got. You got anything? Anybody have any other things? No. Nope. I'm good. I hope you guys have a good week. We'll do this again on Sunday. You're not working on Sunday, are you? Not unless I get a job. Oh, well, then... Shit happens. And what about you, Andre? Are, you, are we good on Sunday? Are we clear? We should, yeah, we should be good on Sunday. All right, all right. So we will see you next week. You guys take care of yourself. Uh, drink plenty of water. Don't drink too much water. You'll pee all night. And, uh, I don't know, stretch. Um, <laughs> eat more salad. I'm trying to go vegetarian. It's not going well. I'm trying to. I think eventually I'll try enough. I'll get there. Uh, but you guys take care of yourself. And just always know that I love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>